You're listening to the Tripping Off Podcast. So what do we do with nightmares? Do they mean anything? More importantly, how do we get them to stop? Well, as the internet CEO of dreams, I'm here to tell you why you have them and what can be done to improve the nocturnal conflict you may be experiencing. Listen until the end to hear my personal favorite trick that the unconscious mind uses to communicate. But before we jump in, I want to take a moment to ask my listeners, the Lion Pride, if this podcast has been helpful to you, I hope you might consider sharing it on social media and tagging me, as well as leaving a five-star review on your favorite platform. By doing this, it helps spread mental health help to others who may need encouragement in their day. Thank you for being the community that you are, and I'm looking forward to reposting those who tag me when they share. Now, let's trip off together. This episode of the Tripping Off Podcast was sponsored by HD Counseling. They are truly the future of therapy, with a network of over 30 therapists in the Orlando and Winter Park area who each specialize in different mental health topics. They provide the care and empathy needed to truly change your life. What makes them unique is that each therapist runs their own business under the cooperative of HD Counseling. So no matter what you're going through, you will receive an independent, highly motivated therapist who will care and empower you to create change in your life. Even if you are outside the Orlando area, every therapist offers telehealth sessions to anyone in the state of Florida. Find your perfect therapist at www.hdcounseling.com. They are committed to your growth. So I'm going to be honest, sometimes I just turn on the microphone and I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. And uh, today's one of those days. I had a guest lined up, but they canceled last minute. Um, And you know, I really care about making a quality product for everyone who listens. And geez, honestly, like time is such an important and valuable commodity that I really don't want to take it for granted. Anyone that spends even a second of their time listening and consuming my content. And so, you know, I don't want to have times where I'm just not being careful with those that uh, that follow me and that look to me for help and understanding with the things that they're going through. So, well, here I am. Don't have a guest, don't have a script, but I want to talk to you because, well, even if the world's a crazy place and sometimes things fall through and those people that you thought you could trust or those things or jobs or businesses or... <laughs> government subsidies, (laughs) talking about the stimulus checks. When those things fall through, I want to make sure that you know there's always people out there who care and are going to support you and be there for you. And while I'll be darned if I can't just play a small role in being that for those people who take the time to listen, um, that means the world to me. And so I was thinking to myself, I want to have a conversation today with everyone that's listening and, and talking about what's going on. And I was like, what's, what's the thing that I get asked the most on the internet? What is it that people want to hear the most from me, um, about, uh, life and, and how to help and how things could be better. And the thing that I probably get the most requests for is what to do with nightmares. So I thought, you know what, we'll make a short one today. We'll talk about what to do with your nightmares. It's actually, well, first I want to say nightmares suck. They, <laughs> they really kind of are the worst. Um, and they really are the worst uh, for a reason. There's, there's a very clear purpose to what n- nightmares are and why we dream these negative things. The problem is sometimes we don't understand what that is and we don't understand why it is that we're dreaming these things that we're dreaming. And so it makes it very frustrating because we feel 
like we're suffering without a purpose. And if there's one thing that is the most frustrating, the most damaging is pain and suffering without having a purpose to it. In fact, I would even go so far as to say that a lot of trauma, like what we what we think about trauma and what causes trauma to be different from just regular old pain or frustrating things is it feels as though trauma is pain that's experienced that has no purpose. Like when something bad happens that wasn't supposed to happen, it feels painful and it feels like it's painful for no reason. You know, sometimes when we like go through struggles of like studying really hard for school and, you know, trying to ask that girl out or ask that guy out, you know, on that date. And that's a difficult situation and, and, you know, troubling and anxiety producing and all this stuff. But we know that there's, there's a goal to that. You know, I want to go on that date or I want to get to know this person or I want that diploma, you know, it's something worth pursuing. But then sometimes in life we have these experiences that, well, they don't seem like they have any purpose. Sometimes a tornado comes through and rips up a house and sometimes a hurricane comes and takes the power out and makes it so you can't, you know, go to work for a week and you worry about how to pay rent. And sometimes a national pandemic happens that doesn't make any sense or why now or why me or why wasn't I better prepared or where were the people that I expected to take care of me in this moment. And so it can be very difficult because those things that happen that are painful that don't seem to have purpose are the ones that hurt the most. And you know, I, I really, I know I'm getting a little bit off topic from the nightmare thing, but I promise we'll, we'll get to that. Um, the thing about it is, you know, you, you look at some of this stuff and people are very critical about what others consider trauma. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, that's not traumatic. Why would you be upset about that? And I, I really get frustrated with those comments because anything can be trauma. Uh, but anything can also not be trauma. And what I mean by that, I want to be careful with what I'm saying because I don't want anyone to think that I'm being dismissive, but I think sometimes we believe that things are trauma, meaning that they are unrecoverable, that we cannot move past them, that they are painful experiences and moments in our life that we cannot move past. And I don't believe that there's anything we cannot move past. I believe that there are things that are going to forever alter our lives and the trajectory of what we're going through and what we're experiencing. But I believe that anything can be integrated into our story as human beings. So there's this trend going around that really is kind of categorizing everything as trauma. And it really bothers me because I think I think there's a lot of terrible and frustrating things that happen in the world. But I think when we start to label them as trauma, I think we start to give ourselves and others um, not an excuse, but we start to almost encourage, uh, the, the difficult and frustrating and, you know, uh, lifelong problems that come with trauma. And when we label stuff just willy nilly, oh, this is trauma. That's trauma. This is a trauma response. That's a trauma response. You know, I, I get it. We need to raise awareness for trauma, but we also need to have a follow-up conversation to that saying, Yes, this is probably a trauma response, but trauma is recoverable. There is something else out there. There is a brighter side that can come, not saying that it won't happen, not saying that, oh, I'm glad this terrible thing happened and that you experienced it. No, no, no. But there is always a way to move through something. 
And I don't, I don't like silver linings either. I don't like it when people say, oh, don't worry, tomorrow will get better because tomorrow might get worse. And we need to be ready and prepared for that. But that's part of trauma is accepting reality and integrating it into our story. So that way we have a more functional way in which to integrate and move through our lives. That's the important thing. And so, well, I, I want to preface this and, you know, I've spent a little bit of time here talking about trauma and about pain because we have to set up that understanding in order to move through a better understanding of what nightmares mean, what they are, and how we can use them. Nightmares, when we don't give our dreams the credit that they deserve, can feel like trauma. They can feel like pain without a purpose. But if we understand what it is that our mind's doing, we can have a more successful and healthy and positive interaction with those things that we're experiencing when our eyes close at the end of the day. So how do we get there? What does it mean? What is the purpose of my nightmare? Why am I having this thing? And why is it that this guy on the internet, little boy from Orlando, Florida, is telling me to listen to them? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) The reason is when we close our eyes and we go to bed, our conscious mind turns off. All those thinking pieces, all those racing thoughts, they go away for, well, depending on how much you sleep, maybe four hours, hopefully a nice six, seven or eight hours, maybe more would be wonderful. But there is a small period of time where our conscious mind turns off and we get to experience life outside of repression and criticism and uh, critical thought. When those moments happen though, sometimes those things that we've been holding back and holding down for sometimes years or at least the day come to the surface and are no longer censored. You know, Freud talked a lot about, and Jung as well, talked about the conscious mind as the sensor. There's this little membrane between consciousness and unconsciousness, the critical mind that censors what comes in and what goes out. And when you're in the middle of that board meeting trying to convince the boss to give you a raise, you don't want to think about the sad things that are going on outside of that office room. You want to be concentrated and focus. And that's what your conscious critical mind does. The critical part pushes away those thoughts. And, you know, not a lot of people talk about the function that repression plays. Sometimes we do have to put aside the things that are going on outside of this space so we can focus on what needs to be attended to right now. But the key is being able to pick back up those problems later when we know that we need to. All too often, we don't pick them back up later, and that can be a real problem. So, well... There are moments in our lives where we turn off our conscious mind. It's called sleeping. And when we dream, those things that we were supposed to pick back up later, well, surprise, they're still there. And it's time to pick them back up. Now, it can be really frustrating and, well, uh, really unsettling when those things come out and we didn't realize that we had pushed them off until later. That's when nightmares kind of happen. And there's a whole separate interpretation of nightmares. So stay, stay to the end. We're going to get to that second interpretation as well, because I think that's going to be really encouraging for you. But the very first thing we have to understand is that nightmares happen because there are things that our unconscious mind wants us to pay attention to. And it's in those moments when we're no longer critical of, well, our thoughts that they finally come out. That's when we need to pay attention to them. So uh, there's a little understanding that you have to have as well here. 
just as much as we need to pay attention to our nightmares, because those are the signs that our unconscious mind is giving us of, hey, pay attention here. This stuff is messed up. You need to fix it. Um, We also need to understand that the unconscious mind does not speak literally. It speaks very much in metaphors and in, well, uh, stories and images in order to catch our attention. And so in those nightmares, you'll see probably some crazy stuff. You'll probably see some things that are pretty unsettling or some things that you might even do that are like, oh my gosh, I would, I'm not that kind of person. I would never do that. And that's okay. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. But it will use very loud, very strong, maybe very violent, aggressive symbols in order to catch our attention. And the more that there's an emotional volatility wrestling below the surface of our conscious awareness, the more and exaggerated that that image is going to be. You know, I've talked to some people who have some pretty violent dreams and a lot of times, you know, we'll work through those dreams and we'll work through the symbols that are taking place there. And we'll find out that the violent dreams are not really about violence per se, but it's about kind of like a splitting of the psyche. It's about this the cutting off and splitting and, you know, kind of mangling of the persona. And so you think about the things that we go throughout our day. You know, I had an individual who dreamed about, you know, their, their arm was chopped off. Right. And so it's like, well, that's pretty, pretty unsettling. But as we kind of explored, there was a situation going on in their life where, you know, their arm was chopped off because they lost something that was very valuable to them that helped them get through their day and help them kind of tackle and accomplish those goals that they had set for themselves. And so, you know, then they get a dream like, oh yeah, like it really did, you know, that thing that happened in my waking life really did feel like I lost my arm. And so the unconscious mind is saying, hey, like we moved really quickly on from that and maybe we need to take some time to process. We're going to have to live our lives differently because the things that we were relying on changed. I mean, how many things did we rely on pre-COVID that we then had to go through the difficult phase of readjusting and learning how to rely on other stuff or to satisfy those needs in other ways? I mean, I... I know no better example, but why do you think Zoom got so big? You know, human beings need social interaction. And in a time where you can't have any face-to-face social interaction, human beings are going to be in ingenuous. Ingenuous? Engineer. Let's just go with engineer. They're going to engineer a new way <laughs> to get their social interactions. And so that we used Zoom a lot. I mean, I remember playing Mario Kart on my you know living room couch with uh, eight of my other friends on the other end of a Zoom call uh, in the same online chat room. That was how we got through it, you know? And okay, so back to dreams, right? You're going to experience these dreams, these nightmares, but we have to understand it's not literal. Take it as an image. Feel the emotion. Explore the story that's being told there and then kind of dive deeper into, okay, this is a part of me that needs to come out. I'm going to love and care and cherish this because this is valuable wisdom that's being shared with me from my mind that I would get in no other way. And I think really, I mean, hold hold the conversation about nightmares for a minute. Um, the foundation that we need to lay is anything that comes out of us, we need to receive with open arms uh, and with gratitude. Because anything that our mind gives us, it's giving us to keep us alive and to make us better. You know, there's... Um, there's really got to be this understanding. Um, and I, I, 
I mean this a lot when I say self-care and self-confidence and self-respect. I don't want to go around life believing that I'm the best because that's very much not true. There's a lot of people, I mean, many people, I think in every aspect of my life that can probably do things better than I can in those different aspects. I'm the only one who does it my way and I'm the only combination of carbon-based molecules that's you know collected in this uh, particular framework. However, um, that's not what I mean when I say self-confidence or self-respect. What I do mean is having the opinion and accepting the reality that who I am my mind, my, my body is built to keep me alive. Everything that's going on, even though there may be sickness, there may be disorder going on, everything that's inside of me is working with me to try and make things the best that it possibly can. Now, maybe I was born the wrong way or, you know, maybe, you know, there's chemicals in my brain that are not firing the way that they should. And okay, I get that. I get that. But together with all the different parts of me, we're trying to make things better than they were. And so when I start to fight against myself and start to fight against my nightmares, I can really get into a dangerous pattern of being at war within myself when really I need to recognize everything that's going on inside of me is going on and coming out in order to make me better. I just need to learn how to understand and to accept and to move forward with myself. I find the biggest difficulties and the the strongest um, the strongest challenges with my clients, with my patients, when I see them uh, starting to hate themselves or hate parts of themselves instead of loving and caring for themselves. Like, I mean, honestly, like anybody else in their lives. You know, I've never seen I've never seen anyone, a person, treat another person as badly as they treat themselves. You know, I talk to people all the time, depression, anxiety, all these things. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I hear very much unfiltered their inner thoughts and what's going on inside their head. And they tell me what they're thinking about themselves and how they talk to themselves. And I ask them, would you talk to your friend that way? Would you talk to literally anybody that way? And usually the response is no, I would never because it's so mean. And so I, I ask myself, you know, if we can't at least treat ourselves the way that we treat everybody else, then what are, what are we doing? I mean, that's got to be the first step. I mean, that's a huge mistake. If we can't even treat ourselves with the respect that we treat other people, I mean, yikes, <laughs> right? So that's going to be a problem. And so I, I bring this up in the conversation, the greater conversation about nightmares, because when we have nightmares, we have to recognize our mind's not working against us. We're not being punished. It's not that our our mind is trying to torture us from some, you know, sadistic sort of you know, alternate idea that's going on inside of us. You know, it's not all ulterior motive that like wants to hurt us, but it's giving us information that it doesn't know how to give us any other way. And it's actually trying to give us information in the most effective way that it knows how. That's nightmares. We just have to do the job when we are awake, when our conscious mind is active again in doing the work to interpret those things so we know what it is that's going on. That's nightmares. So, and oftentimes I'll work with clients and I, I really will encourage you with this. I do work with clients and what I see is when we start to focus on the symptoms, when we start to work on the depression, work on the anxiety, work on the 
hallucinatory symptoms or the multiple personalities. I mean, those are the things I specialize in, uh, DID and schizophrenia. When we start to work on those things and we start to care for ourselves, those nightmares start to dissipate. And it'll be surprising because oftentimes when I'm working with people who have nightmares with individuals who, you know, kind of struggle while they're sleeping, um, they'll, they'll tell me, they're like, well, we didn't, we didn't work on the nightmares in particular. We actually just worked on myself and the things that I needed to do and trying to treat myself better. And when we did that, the nightmares just kind of stopped. And I tell them, yeah, it's kind of that simple. When you just take the time to listen to yourself like you would any other person that you care about, it's crazy what happens. So I promised you near the end of this, I would get to the second point about nightmares. And the second point about nightmares that we need to understand was a very interesting point made by Freud a long time ago and kind of echoed by Jung and, you know, other contemporary dream interpreters. The mind will often give us nightmares as a backwards symbol of what it is that we actually want. So there's a funny thing about the unconscious mind. Let me kind of unpack this, right? The funny thing about the unconscious mind is that it will give us symbols and give us connections and, and images and stories, not in the way that the conscious mind would. The conscious mind is very, very linear, very logical, straightforward, one track, progressive, sequential. The unconscious mind doesn't care about any of that. It cares about relationships. And so if it can give you an image of the same type and intensity that it wants to communicate so that way it can circumvent the critical mind that would otherwise repress it, it'll give it to you in the way that is palatable for your conscious or a critical awareness. So for instance, you know, if you're like in love with somebody who you might feel you're not supposed to be in love with, maybe it's like a forbidden, forbidden love, right? Your mind may give you an image of them dying. That would actually not be that crazy. Because there's the same intensity, that sadness and love, or maybe give you the image of them, you know, you being at war with them, you know, fighting them, you know, fighting can actually be a little bit more similar to sexual intimacy than it is not. That's, I mean, pretty, I think, apparent in a lot of kind of human social sexual interactions. And so that's the way that the unconscious works, right? So these nightmares that we're experiencing can actually be really encouraging. And I'm, I'm glad you stuck along with me to this part because this to me is almost the most fascinating that our nightmares can actually be backwards symbols for these positive things that are happening that we're desiring or that are taking place. Right. I think that's absolutely just incredibly interesting. And you know, it was, it was Freud who talked about this. Um, can you tell I've been on a Freud binge? I've read like all the dream books by Freud right now. And that's kind of what my mind is saturated in. So I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly uh, uh, biased right now, but I think you're getting the benefit of it. Uh, Freud talked about how everything, all the wishes that, you know, all the dreams that we have are wishes, all the dreams that we have are wish fulfillment. And so he kind of, you know, would get a lot of pushback from people about this idea that all dreams are wish fulfillment because I mean, you can see like there's nightmares, like how are nightmares? I'm not wishing for these terrible things to happen, but you know, I think Jung really came along and 
developed this idea uh, in a in a really positive way. He talked about how the unconscious mind only has positives inside of it and not positives as in good things because it has a lot of negative things in there too, but positives as in it goes towards something. It is assertive. It is position. It is positing an idea. There is no absence of idea. There's only the posit of an idea, the deposit of something. What I mean by that is like the unconscious mind would never think a thought of, I don't want to be anxious. It would think, I want to be confident. I want to be sure of myself. I want to have good friendships. I want to feel safe in my relationships. It would never think, I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to speak in front of other people. Those are kind of negative concepts. You see what I mean? There's a not in front of them. It's anti-something. The unconscious mind only works really in somethings, not not somethings. So when Freud talks about the dreams being wish fulfillment... I think we need to understand that a little bit more as, and this is, this is personal opinion here. Um, but I think, you know, some of the research backs it up here and some of the more modern thought on dream interpretation backs it up as well. That idea that sure it's wish fulfillment, but it's wish fulfillment as in the unconscious mind is always pushing towards something, you know, and I would argue that that pushing towards something is self-actualization. So if they're, and what I mean by that is becoming a full person. So if there's something that I am not accepting, I am not integrating to myself as a whole person, my unconscious mind is going to start pushing me toward that because it knows that the solution to my problems is in being a whole person. Makes sense, right? I mean, you're following with me here. So wish fulfillment and these opposite ideas. So if it's telling me that I need to move towards something, uh, and I'm not really listening to it or paying attention to it, or I'm like, yeah, 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 I already know that. My mind can get me to really, really pay attention when it gives me the opposite of that image and says that's what's going on. I will kind of get a shock response and be like, oh, no, 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 that's not me. Because it wants me to pay attention to what I need to be paying attention to. And so if it can give me a violent idea, it can communicate that there needs to be more love. If it can give me a sad idea, it can communicate that it needs to be happiness. And that's kind of this backwards way that the unconscious mind works. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, you can hear like how excited I get about it because it really is interesting that, you know, it's all about the relationship and the intensity, not about the logical sequence. And I just think that's the coolest thing. I think it's so cool how really those artists who understand these things the most can use that in their art. You know, it's strange how sometimes these artists or, you know, movie producers, actors can communicate in these dark tones and images and give us such a feeling of how there needs to be love in the world. That's really the power because they understand the way that the unconscious mind works and they're able to communicate with their audience in a way that is already implicit in the way that brains work, but they understand it intuitively. And that's a beautiful thing. So I hope that helps. Those are the two things, right? The one thing is you need to love and care for yourself and accept yourself that you are working together as one cohesive, positive whole that is trying to move toward a state of individuation, actualization, and mental health. You have to accept that you are moving towards progress that all the parts of you are moving towards progress. Because if we start to cut off pieces of ourselves and say that this is not good, 
and we start to reject those things, that's when we really get the nightmare. So state one, starting from a positive. Two, accepting our nightmares. That's what that means. You know, one and two are really the same, accepting ourselves and accepting our nightmares. But two is recognizing that sometimes nightmares can be the inverse of the message that our unconscious mind wants us to get. It had to use the inverse in order to get our attention, in order to get us to pay attention to what it was that it wanted to say. So finally, I want to leave you with one last thing before we wrap up here. That one last thing is how to work with your dreams, how to work with your unconscious mind and be friends with it. By writing things down, by giving it validation and by listening to it, much like a child who needs that attention in order to grow and develop, your unconscious mind needs to grow and develop and get that attention from you in order to process through the things that have been so consciously and critically repressed for your day. So give it that attention. Every morning you wake up, as soon as you wake up, write down what it is you dreamed about. That way you're honoring those messages that your unconscious mind is giving you because much like a child who doesn't get attention, either they will scream at first and become louder and louder until the point that somebody pays attention or they will scream so loud and so hard that eventually they will go silent and you'll lose that relationship. And let me tell you, that's not something you want. You don't want to lose your relationship with yourself. And unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people and a lot of times in life where our body and our mind has screamed at us for so long and so intensely that it's given up on us. And we can start to feel that there's a part of ourselves that no longer is working with us because really we have to recognize that we stopped working with it a long time ago. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope this gives you a little bit of an idea what to do with your dreams, how to work with them, and how to feel more confident and empowered in what's going on. Don't take them too seriously. Don't take them too literally. Well, take them seriously, but don't take them literally. Allow yourself to get the wisdom that lies beneath by accepting and validating those parts of yourself that maybe the rest of the world thinks is just a little bit crazy. Because maybe in that crazy lies the wisdom that you need. So thank you all for being a part of this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it, especially if you've listened all the way to the end. Give me an email. Let me know what's going on in your life. Send it to jesse at lioncounseling.care. You can find me on all the social media stuff at Lion Mental Health, L-Y-O-N Mental Health. Um, I would love to hear from you and feature your comment on the podcast. Let me know what's up. You all take care. I'll see you real soon. Tripping Off is produced in partnership with trauma-focused hypnotherapy. If you are interested in understanding more about the unconscious mind or you're looking to get certified as a hypnotherapist yourself, you can find all the information you need at www.traumafocusedhypnotherapy.com. Many therapists and clients are leaving behind more traditional therapy and opting for hypnotherapy due to the radical changes that take place in just a short period of time. Where other therapies only talk about the problem, Hypnosis allows the client to experience change, then take this experience with them into their lives for a true transformation. Thank you for being a part of this episode, and I look forward to the next time that we get to trip off together.